hello all welcome back to shame to sparkle i am here today with my good friend caroline stanberry caroline is an entrepreneur designer television and media personality she is a philanthropist she is a mother she is basically all things fabulous and most recently the host of divorced not dead podcast found on dear media i highly recommend you listen to our episode and she's here today to talk to you guys about all things living an incredible life, being a hard worker, overcoming divorce in the public eye. I know I have so many questions you guys have asked about her just journey, and so many of you guys follow her and are so passionate about everything she's doing, which I think is amazing. And yeah, so I'm here today with Caroline. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Lacey. So Caroline... First things first, if you could just give us kind of a little run of the low tidbit about where you're at. You've been on this super famous, fabulous TV show on Bravo. You moved to Dubai and you basically, so to speak, blew your life up. You you changed it all around. How did you do that? And how did you do it with such finesse? I, mean, I get asked that question quite a lot, as in like, how did you go from one kind of life to something that people who know me from Ladies of London and those of you that have watched it say that I'm a completely different human. I'd like to say, you know, the thing is I, I have a terrible memory. So everything bad that happens, I kind of compartmentalize, throw it in the back and, it, and, and I forget about it. So I only look forward. I don't really look backwards. So it's hard to, for me to look back and go, remember everything or how I did it and give people the tools to do it. Because I, I get asked all the time, how do you go from a marriage to changing to finding a new partner and all of these kind of things. I think it was just one step at a time. I just, um, I dealt with every single, single day as it came because it was, nothing was planned. It wasn't like I had this grand plan of how I wanted my life. I mean, I, I, it was weird. Actually, I'm living the life that I dreamt about. I'm a big manifester. I don't know about anybody else out there, but I really believe in manifestation. And I dreamt about the life that I have now. I've dreamt about my life that I have now for years. It's so bizarre. I just didn't know who the players were. But the house, my man, everything, it, it existed. So I don't know. I really believe things like this come, come true. And if you just work hard enough and you take little, each day is a little step forward. It just rolls like anything. It's like when you have a startup, right? And you, you get to that bit where it's like you get a tipping point. And I think that, once the hardest thing is ripping the band-aid off and ending a marriage. I don't know if any of you are in that position and a lot of people are today. The hardest thing is saying it. I think we all live in fear for years and years of what ifs, you know, what if I don't find someone? What if my, you know, I never find someone like, you know, before, what if, you know, it's not as not better than what I have now. What if my kids hate me? What if, what if, what if, what if I end up alone? All the fear, fear holds you back the whole time. And I think that I just, every time those little voices came in my head, I pushed them aside and said, look, but you know, the what ifs, it was better, was so much worse than staying where I was, right? Like, so what if I, what if I missed out on the chance? What if, you know, I did meet the man of my dreams? What if, you know, he's waiting for me and I don't get there? What if, you know, it's so much better and I do have this great relationship? And what if I was Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin, or, you know, what if I was having a m more fabulous life and, and I'm, I'm missing it and I'm just sitting in this okay one. And that to me was a much bigger pull than staying where I was in my comfort zone. Completely. I think that you're so accurate in the manifestation. I strongly believe 
in our ability to visualize our life. I, I said in my wedding vows, I used to stand where I got married when I was like 18 and be like, one day I'm going to get married here. I'm going to do this. I don't even, I didn't have a man or a spouse I, or a, the money for the wedding. I just knew I was going to get married right there. But a lot of the women who wrote in regarding the subject of divorce said, I'm so afraid to leave my husband because I don't think I can find anyone better at where I'm at. I have a lot of the, you know, the little question marks that posted. I want to answer that because I think that's what we all do. Like, what if there's no one better out there? I think that's the mistake straight away. And that's what I did a lot of like, because actually my husband was working a lot at the time. And so I had a lot of time on my own anyway. So I'd lie in bed going, okay, well, this is what alone looks like, right? And then I'm like, maybe alone isn't so bad. I have the remote control. I can watch what I want to watch whenever I want to watch it. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. You know, I was like, I can get up. I can have the whole bed to myself. And then I saw the positives and what alone was, right? Because alone, I have three kids. So what is really alone? No, you're never really alone. And, you know, I understood that the bit that my fears weren't that bad. I'm not scared of being alone. I have so many friends that I don't have time to see right now that if I didn't find the guy, I was okay to be alone because I'd never be alone. And, and when you're a gregarious, fun, bubbly person, I know supermodels and beautiful people that are alone because they don't have the good attitude. It doesn't matter what you look like. And that's what I want to tell people as well, because people go, oh, it's all right, because you're pretty or you're blonde and you're this and you're that. No, you know, I'm not a supermodel. I'm an average person, grew up in Dorset, you know, I just made the best of myself as do a lot of us, right? I mean, you know, I'm 45 years old. I'm marrying a 27 year old. You know, that's not normal. One person in a gazillion does that, but because I'm not normal. You don't have to be, you're not normal, Lacey. You're not normal. You stand out. There's reasons why. Not because you're like, we're all blinded by your beauty. Not that we're not, but that's not why because you have an inner light. We all have an inner light. The ones that give out that light get, you know, get. Agree. You could have been floored by your story or not. And you've moved on and you've turned it to your advantage. No, I completely agree. And I used to say, I used to go out to this bar. It's like a pickup bar where we live. Now it's overcome by prostitutes. But at the time it was a fun pickup bar. And I used to love my, my best friend, and they're absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. And we used to go to the bar and they would be like, well, none of the guys are talking to me. I hate this. I don't want to be here. And I was like, because you're going on the pretense where your night is a failure. If you don't meet a guy and get a free drink, I'm going to freaking rage. Like I'm going to party down to show off my new dress. And if there happens to be a guy there, that's the takeaway. And it is the law of attraction. It's how we manifest because I was like 20 pounds heavier than them. And I'm, to be honest, I'm not as beautiful as them physically, but I'm just enjoying myself. And I really think that when you are so content with yourself, so thoroughly and utterly happy in your skin, that the rest really does follow. And I know that if you are not in that position currently in that mindset, you might be like, this woman is full of shit. But I truly believe that if you are so content with yourself, the rest does follow. The universe has a way of delivering what you need next, if that makes sense, so to speak. It really does. The universe does give you what you need um, when you let things unfold the way they should. I think the biggest lesson to learn for all of us that are control freaks and we want to know now, we want the answer. There's no answers. When you're looking for an answer and you want a definitive answer, then you're, you're never going to make a move or a change because you're never going to get a definitive answer. 
And, you know, it's like, it's like anything. It's like when I remember when you're little and you, you, you know, you're scared of piercing your ears. I'm sure we've all done it where you pinch your ears to see if it's going to be really painful and you go, okay, you know, you're getting scared, trying to get used to the pain and actually pinching your ears is so much more painful than actually having your ears pierced. And that, <laughs> you know, all I can liken it to is that we spend so much time worrying about what will happen to us the other side. But the fact is you should look about why you're spending that much time thinking about it. If you're thinking about it that much, then, you know, there's something fundamentally wrong, you know, already. So if you're thinking about it and you're thinking about it enough, do it, act on it, get it over with, because frankly, I wish I had, if I knew it had been so good, I'd have done it before. I think, you know, it, it it's, it's a shame because none of us have to live this sort of okay life because life is pretty fucking amazing when you let it be and you just don't expect things from it and you don't force it. And I think that's another thing, forcing, forcing a job, forcing someone to like you, forcing boys, you know, forcing situations, you know, all of these things that we do, manipulating people, manipulating situations, trying to get what we want. That's when you just don't get it. Yeah. And there's a great saying about forcing people into your life in fear. And it's so funny. You're speaking all of the affirmations I do every morning. You must be in my brain with fear. At least when you go through the fear and you go through these motions, you're putting yourself, it's just like your ear piercing metaphor, but you're putting yourself through it twice. And I actually used to do that. I used to romanticize like the fear behind things and the fear behind my decision-making. This was prior to doing all of the, you know, obviously do an immense amount of self work, but the fear was always worse than the situation. Like leaving my ex, I was with my toxic ex for like 10 years. And every week I'd be like, what if I leave him? And now I'm almost, you know, 30 and then I won't meet someone and then I'll be alone. And then and the fear, the, the sleeping alone every night and the fear mindset was much worse than just driving off the driveway and never coming back, I will say. It's so. worse to sleep with the guy that you can't bear than it is to sleep alone. That's what I don't understand. Well, and I think a lot of women are so worried about losing those fundamental things that we think makes us a woman. You know, like for me, I have friends staying in awful situations because they don't want to not have a man next to them at an event or a party. And I'm like, but the man doesn't want to be at the event. Like Phil doesn't go with me to so many events now because he just doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to be there. And I'm like, so what are you losing? It's an accessory at that point, no? <laughs> I'd rather take a handbag. <laughs> now, I mean, you know, I think women think that they're incomplete without a man. I mean, that's also down to other women. There's a lot of women that, you know, have this terrible thing of like, oh, she's single. I'm not going to invite her or, you know, she's going to take her man. Look, keep your man. I'll get my own one. Well, and those are the women that I think I have such a discrepancy. I really, I'm personally, I didn't grow up. I think I told you this. I grew up in a really off key, weird way. And I didn't grow up around a lot of strong women. My family had a great way of just removing themselves from me when, you know, I needed discipline or authority and then taking me back for, you know, Christmas or a holiday. And I just recall always wanting to surround myself by women that inspired me because I wanted, I was I always wanted strong feminine energy. And as I got older, I saw these discrepancies in the women around me where there was that catty behavior, like, oh, she's young, she's this, she's gonna take my man. And I'm like, dude, I just wanna be around you to gather insight and to gather knowledge. I could care less about your hairy old man. I don't wanna be with him. And so it's so funny you say that because I think that women really sell themselves short. Not all women, I hate generalizations, but when we put ourselves in those boxes of judgment, 
And maybe there's something you could learn from the woman. There's something I could learn from you. Like there's something that I learn about reinventing yourself and exploring yourself and who you are. And I think that if more people had an open mind, they would be, you know, inherently happier as a whole. But I won't go on a tangent about women. And I'm younger today than I was in my thirties. <laughs> I can assure you because I was living what a 30 year old mother or having babies or a 30 year old should be what society wants you to be. Like I love to dress older, host dinner parties to, I mean, everything that I find so ty tiresome now, I dress younger, I feel younger. I, you know, I don't want the things I had. I mean, I was, I had this ridiculous obsession with Hermes Birkins. I'm not, I don't have that obsession anymore. Like I like them, but they're not like, <laughs> I just have different priorities today. You know what I mean? It's I think like, too, when you're not being, when you're not in your authentic soul. And I know I went through that younger. I don't know why. When I was with my ex though, and I can full heartedly recall, I was like a shell of myself, but I was maybe 25. And I remember trying so hard to be this like older starter wife robot version of myself where I was like, I'm going to go to the luncheon and wear a shift dress from, you know, and now as I'm older, I'm like, I don't need to go to these things and dress older and be this person. I think it's all coming into your own when you're so authentically your own, the rest really does follow. I mean, it's all back to this visualization, but speaking of divorce, so you go through with it and you have now met Sergio who, you know, that we all love and adore and you're planning a wedding. I have so many, I seriously have never gotten more questions for a guest. I have so many questions about you guys and your wedding and your future. People want to know if you guys are going to have a baby in the works. Are you having fun wedding planning? How's it going? Oh, question to question. So baby, yes, we um, have frozen our eggs. I'm, well, I, you know, you all know I'm 45. So, and my other babies were IVF. So hopefully I can, but you never know. We're working on it. And you guys are wedding planning. I was just speaking to Sergio prior to you. How is it going? Are you like so overwhelmed? Or are you just feeling like whatever, whatever each thing comes, it will come? Well, Sergio's bridezilla, as you can imagine. <laughs> Um, so it's definitely, look, it's amazing. Like I, I'm sort of, I'm so busy right now in life that it, I can't quite believe that throw in a wedding as well, that it's happening all at once. And so every time I, you know, I think he managed today to figure out that we are how far, 12, 12 weeks, 12 weeks away. I don't, you know, I don't even, I haven't even seen my dress yet. I haven't got the drawing. When I say dress, I mean drawing. But wait, what was the drawing you showed us in LA? It was the same designer. Same designer, but it's okay. the drawing. The dress is not done but at all. It so dresses come together in days. You'll be beautiful. Yeah. But um, so no, it's it's kind of crazy. And then on top of it, I'm just doing my normal work, which as you know, is a lot. And so I, I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm somebody in life who likes to delegate. I, I'm, I've got a, a sort of a, a a mad scientist brain. I'm always working. And, and now I've, I've got so many, I've got to build a beautiful team of people and I'm letting, I'm letting Sergio uh, do the wedding and it's been really fun. And we've got a wedding planners day, two wedding planners. And we went to the hotel and it's going to be amazing and very romantic. And I'm trying to keep it small, but it's becoming a machine. We've got, I've got a lot of friends. And well, I, you know, I all you, Sergio, I, prior to you copying on weddings somehow develop like a heartbeat. 
and they become this like amoeba of what we want because I was telling Sergio, you know, our wedding wasn't such a big to do. It was just me. I'm not, you know, this superstar. People aren't asking me for photos in public as, as they are with you. So I can only imagine the capacity that you're receiving. And I remember we had a hundred people and I was like, this is it. hundred people capped with exactly what I want. And somehow we had 200 guests. I don't know how that happened. But it, it grows like a pulse and then suddenly... No, no, I'm putting my foot down. I mean, that's what's kind of happening now. I've got people actually calling up and saying, can I come? And I'm like, nope. I'm like, I just, just no, you can't, sadly. Well, but I um, got the okay from my doctor, so we'll be your stowaways. You, you, well, you were invited. <laughs> um, but that's uh, what I keep saying. If, if you guys don't come, Sergio's Meghan Markle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Sergio. Uh, no, I'm kidding. He has a lot of friends. Um, <laughs> he says I'm an asshole. Um, but no, we're really excited. And I just, you know, the thing is about me, and I think he would probably like me to get more excited now. I'm somebody that nothing hits me till the day it hits me, right? And then I think when the day in my dress arrives and everyone's on a plane, I'm going to go, shit, I'm actually getting married. I then like just, you know, I'm like I'm ignoring the whole thing. Sergio's doing a lot of the, like, the technical stuff and he's enjoying all the little, you know, like doing the invitations and he's really enjoying it. He spent six hours on the wedding and website today. And he just shows me at the end. He loves it. He's the bride. I'm telling you, he's the bride. He's a better bride than I ever was. So I was the worst bride. I would just send it off to people. And I was like, I don't care what an invitation looks like. Make it white. I don't. Oh, I know. He, no, no. Sergio is in it. (laughs) He's made a wedding playlist. He's like, I mean, he's so excited, but it's lovely. That's kind of, that's kind of incredible though. I wish. He's saying it's his first one and only one. I'm a, lu- I'm a lucky girl. Well, it's your last one and only My one. My last one. God, I can't do this again. I wasn't going to do it again. Don't what happened. It's those baby brown eyes and those long eyelashes. It's the eyelashes. I can, I can it's see the it. eyelashes. <laughs> No, you guys really are best friends. I was telling my husband when we went to dinner a few weeks ago with you guys, I was telling him just when people can have fun together, I would rather a million times over even be in the presence of couples like that. Because when we're with people that are so stiff, I I can't enjoy myself. And I spent the whole dinner laughing. I think at one point I was like, I'm going to pee myself, this baby and the laughing and the the bread. Well, but we I, do that. We pee ourselves all the time laughing. And yeah, I think that's, that's what life is about though. Like I'd so much rather yeah. be in the company of a couple who's just laughing their ass off than, you know, the latter, but I'm so excited. I'm so excited for the wedding. I'm so excited for you guys and just all that it's going to be. And now I'm excited to come. Um, okay. So next kind of topic we got was the television show. People are dying to know, are you ever going to return to their TVs? So many. The YouTube channel is not enough. When will we get Caroline in Beverly Hills Housewives? Um, never say never. I'm definitely like looked at different things, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely never say never. No, I mean, you never know. I may, be, I may come back. I did look. I would have loved to have done Housewives of Beverly Hills. The trouble with doing these things, you have to move there. And I just can't commit to that right now. My, I love my life here. But, um, you know, the end game is, is would always be, I, I, I love reality TV. It is what it is. I've had a good break. You never know. No. And it so suits you. A lot of other questions I kind of got surrounding you and this TV show. And I remember after our wedding, I bought like 10 of the episodes of your show on Prime. We don't have cable, so I'm a loser. And I'm always lost to bat on these things. And I was like, oh my gosh, I see it when people are asking is my point. 
So many people asked about kind of your persona, like how is she so strong? I just, I'm going through the questions as we yeah. are here. How is she so strong? How does she keep from being sensitive when things hit the, when the shit hits the fan? How is she so strong having to earn her own income stream? I think, okay, well, the strength, the strength, you see, people uh, mistake strength for meanness. So that was actually what I was trying to get to. So I think I've spent a somewhat, you know, immense amount of time with you now where I think off the bat, maybe seeing you on a television show, I wouldn't see a sensitive person. Yes. And I know shows are edited and you have this persona, but I actually think that you're a highly sensitive person. I don't think it's of it as a weakness though. I think your sensitivity is your strength because you don't wear it on your shoulder. A thousand percent. And I think strength comes from, first of all, I think I, you know, as much as I blame my mom and my, my mom for sending me to boarding school from six to 18, what it did do is give you an inner strength. So how do I say so strong? You learn very, very young when you're at boarding school that no matter what, at the end of the day, and it sounds awful, especially boarding school when I was going to boarding school, that if you cry, no one's coming, right? So you learn how to sort of pick yourself up. You know, no one's going there, there, dear, dear, you know, because they've got 50 other children to look after. They don't give a shit. And, you know, if you make a mess, you pee your bed, you're told to clean up, clean up your own mess. That's it. Get up, clean your own mess. And so you learn very quickly how to take care of yourself. So I think that's my inner strength that people mistake for meanness. It's not meanness. And I, I want to say that too, because when you start running a big business, any type of business, I don't care whether it's a conglomerate or something out of your house where you are responsible for other human people living and working for you. And I, at one point had 80 something employees and two companies and babies and houses and a husband. So, you know, the only way you can run a business like that is with strength because, you know, one day, every, any business like that is three days away from bankruptcy, pretty much. Any business is cash, you know, it's cash flow, right? So, you know, it takes a very, very strong person to go to sleep at night with all those employees and go have, you know, not three days away, three months away, sorry you know, with all those employees and not like panic ever and go, well, how the fuck am I going to do this? Because, you know, when you start a startup, suddenly you're at double, suddenly you're, you know, your expenses double, this doubles, you need higher pay, you need more salaries, you need this. Everyone's got a problem. Everyone brings the problem to you. Like, you know, like you give a shit, you can't. And, and that's what it is. It's like, I got used to cutting off a limb to save a body. If someone has cancer and they find out they need to lose one part of your body, me, right? They tell me tomorrow I've got breast cancer. I will cut off my breast and not think about it. I'm not going to, you know, cry for weeks and days and debate it. Take it. And that is the strength that you need to find in life because you, it, the, the week, the month, the year that you think about what, what am I going to do without my other breast, it could have spread your whole body. Time wasted. Time wasted. And, and, and it's not time wasted. It could have killed you. Completely. You see what I mean? It's not wasting time. It's actually killing you. Could kill your business. You could, your business could go under. So, you know, all of these things, you know, the strength and the, the, the hardcore decision-making I have in my brain is a saving grace. It's not to just be mean. It's not just so that I go, nope, you can't have it. Or yes, this is it. It's because I, you have very little time. It's like a surgeon. 
you have a split second when somebody is lying on your table with their stomach and guts all hanging out to make a very life or death decision. Who wants a surgeon that goes, well, give me a minute. No, he knows exactly what to do at that time in that moment. So that is, and I'm not comparing myself to that, but I'm just saying it's a way of thinking. It's a mentality, right? Completely. It's a do or die on a day-to-day basis. And that's how I feel about life. No, I completely agree. I save, I save like quotes and um, affirmations almost every day. My phone is maybe like 10,000 screenshots now to the point where it's, it's pivotal. It's stupid because I don't look back at them. But I find by saving them, I feel better. And so many of them are derived around, you know, calmness is a strength and a mastery. And I'm enamored by that in you because I don't, I don't actually think the word insensitive is suiting. I think that the word strong and calm and chaos and all of those things are suiting. And I find that to be the best possible qualities to having a business, to running a machine. If I collapse, then everything the cards collapse. Completely. You know, and I've had moments of that. I mean, I've just come out, as you know, of an eight year law case on top of everything else. Every single week I had a lawyer's letter of a man, men asking me, telling me they're going to take my home, telling they're going to take every money, piece of money that I've ever made in my entire life when I did nothing wrong. Eight years of that on top of my normal life, on top of all the businesses, on top of everything else. Yes, I have every right to sit down in the corner and break down. But what would that give me? What does that achieve for me? Is the law case going away? No. Are my kids going to feel better because they see me cry all day? Absolutely not. Is my staff going to respect me because I'm in a heap on the floor? No. So it brings you nothing. Well, it's not not productive. It's, It's almost like when those people are in the mindset, and I think a lot of these questions are in the mindset of like the trauma Olympics or the pain Olympics, I call it. What good does it do to not be accountable of your surroundings comprehend what's happening, go through it, let it run through you. Yes. Cause you don't want ever, I, I think at least you'd ever want negativity to just stay stagnant in your body. So you go through it and then you move on. And I think that that's, I cry. I mean, having a good cry is a great release. Yeah. You need to release at some point, but then you have to move on at least I think. And I, I think that's so important. And I think that's why I don't really, I, I, I've told you on your podcast, you know, I speak to, to victim advocate groups, which is a completely different uh, realm, but a lot of them sometimes resent me because I go up there and I don't really relate to my trauma. It just happened. It's not who I am. You know, I don't go up and be like, I'm a victim of this. I just tell the story and I say, now I do all of this and this is what happened. And this is how I overcame it. And I don't relate to the fundamental values of being wronged by like society. I don't think I was wronged to who it's who I am. It just something crappy happened. You and I think victim you could have lived by that all the time yeah and never in yourself or the person and that would be your story it is not your story it's not your journey anymore your journey was to help somebody else help others which you do but you know you have to be strong to help others but and i think that's how your journey is you know your identity isn't well i was a single mom and i had to go through divorce on the tv your identity is like yeah i went through this and it sucks in the moment, but look at my life now. Look at what I've created. That's another thing. I hate this word, like single mom to somebody, you know, when they go, oh, you, will, you can't be a single mom. Well, first of all, look, it has many definitions, right? Because Every, everyone assumes I was born with a silver spoon. Nobody gave me anything, I can assure you. I, I built everything myself. And when I, when I got divorced, as I think you all know, I had one lawyer. I shared it with my husband, 2,000 pounds each, and that was it. So no, no one gives me money, you know, to, to live or to do me. 
So, you know, you learn pretty quickly how to deal with life. But, you know, that again is something I wanted to create a job where I, after having an office, built a, built an office, I didn't want to be in an office because I'm reading your question about multiple streams of income. I think when you, you know, what, what made me, I look, I did have a basis because the show gave me a platform. So I'm not saying that everyone can go out there and be the face of all these things because you can't. And I, you know, and, and, and that, that's a fact. It's very hard. You know, the 1% get to do maybe the entertainment industry or everything else, but you can go out there and build something. We, we, we have a store. Everybody has a store right in front of them. The internet is an amazing thing. No, there is no longer really bricks and mortar stores. People really do everything online. I can't remember the last time I really went shopping in a shop. So, you know, you have an amazing place to be able to start anything today at home in a very small way and grow it. And that's amazing. So, you know, you just need to look at the tools you have been given, not what we have been given and take the strength from maybe what we have been given and understand that you can build something from nothing. And, you know, you really can. That's incredible. And I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that it's great when I do read, you know, the, the reviews of the triggered people who think that things aren't available to them. I truly, and I know that this is a triggering statement. I always say, don't freaking send me the hate mail, but like anything in the world is available to anyone, in my opinion. And I always use like Oprah as my example, but people don't need to have a Bravo platform or a silver spoon or a anything to create greatness. It's all in your mind. It's in your soul. It's in your drive. There are two people running to the finish line is just the person with the drive that's going to make it. I, and I know, I know that some people don't agree. So I apologize to you, but yeah, I think your drive is incredible. Do you have anything else you want to share? Anything coming up? I've listed in the show notes, all of your crazy, amazing endeavors. Um, Caroline has a shoe line with Black Suede Studio. She has her podcast, which is amazing i listen to it every week she has her youtube channel with sergio where you can follow them because i know you all are itching for her back on your television screens maybe we can cajole her back um but do you have anything else fun and exciting you want to share no no just flooding along with work over here you know just working on 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 life and getting this wedding underway and just my normal you know stuff at home but it's uh building a house with sergio too so it's all very exciting and I've, I've loved coming on. So thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really fun. I really do love having you. And it's, it's, it's so ironic how the universe brings you people. I truly think that you need, there's something about you that I really feel drawn to. I told you this at dinner that really does inspire me in a way. And I don't use the word strong again, but there is a, a strength that you have mastered that I find endearing. And so thank you for sharing your wisdom with my audience. They all adore you. That's the census. So I'm excited for this one. And you guys, I've written all of Caroline's endeavors. She's currently on. There is a lot in the show notes. So please check them all out. Check out Sergio and Caroline. Follow along with their wedding and their upcoming things they are doing together. It's all going to be fabulous. And thank you for listening to Shame to Sparkle. <laughs>